You are listening to Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. I recently traveled a half an hour west from my home in Vallejo to Marin County, where I met with Brian Igersheim, the founder of Marin Kombucha. He gave me a tour of their facilities on the outskirts of Novato. Here's what he had to tell me. Yeah, we really care about tea. Um, let me try to think this through here. Uh, so everything I know about kombucha um, was what I was brewing on my countertop. So never stray from that. Kind of adjust recipe a little bit as needed when we grew from 5-gallon fermenter to a 65-gallon fermenter. And now these are 540-gallon fermenter. So you started at home when? 2015 or earlier? Uh, Earlier, I, I lived on Maui, so okay. 2010 maybe I got my first scoby, 2008. And, and, you, and you were doing just five gallons at home. Yeah, and I really like tea. We really care about tea. So the idea of this is um, we have operate in pairs. So our tea, which is a blend of uh, an organic green and organic black, it's lung jing is a green. It's a little bit uh, toasty. It's not that vegetal. And the black is a kimon. It's a little bit smoky. Not as much as lapsung suchang, but a little bit. And, uh, and so our tea blend is two thirds black, one third green. And it steeps here at a little bit lower temperature for a little bit lower time. That's the first infusion. It goes into a higher temperature for a little bit longer time. That's the second infusion. And then we marry those together. So the majority of the caffeine is brewed in that first infusion. So this is also a way to minimize caffeine, um, like consumption. Right. Um, also, uh, some people, you know, specifically in like tea cultures in China won't even drink the first infusion. They'll get rid of it and they'll drink a second, third and fourth. And some people prefer the third. Some people, we only do two infusions. We could carry this across to a third and a fourth, marry them Mm. all together. Um, so the same leaves, same leaves. So dunked into here, steeped for a certain amount of time, then gone into there, steeped for another. Certain and then you blend the two. So then we mix sugar in. It's uh, organic cane sugar, um, and this is basically a concentrate that fills right. a fermenter and tops it off with water. Right. So we don't. I mean, I don't know the definition of continuous brew, but basically, uh, this is where it is before we ferment, before we add our concentrated tea, sugar, yep. water, we bring it to here, yep. we ferment out, um, we're very cognizant of fermentation, like analytics, mm-hmm. um, so temperature control is like super important, mm-hmm. uh, it's like our stomach, like if our temperature in our stomach varies, uh, it's not going to break down things as well, so I look at our fermenters as like secondary stomachs that are doing okay. some of the processing sure. for us. And when, uh, so we fill the sugar, the tea up to here essentially, and we Mm -hmm. ferment, um, and when we're done fermenting, we bring it back down to here. So our cycle is four days fermenting, three days not each week. Okay. And every week is the same. And you've taken it from, over the course of the business, you've gone to larger and larger fermentation. Yeah, it's just a a matter, to scale it, it, a matter of like rather than pouring and gravity, like use pumps Mm -hmm. rather than filling bottles by hand or making some bottle filler, like have a bottling line and be efficient at what we do. Yeah. But make sure that the recipe is the same and it's within the specs of our quality control standards. Now on the 
label, I thought it mentions oak. oak. So um, kombucha, in essence, isn't able to be in an oak barrel long enough to take on and impart like the flavor. Like a whiskey bourbon or whatever. Or Chardonnay. Right. It's not able. Um, right. And so we add oak tannin. Oh. And incorporate it that way. That's how you get that oaky. Yeah. And I mean, in some way in the wine world or liquor world, this would be cheating because Mm. you can be in an oak barrel. Yeah. Um, but for kombucha, it is adding some element of oak, which for me, um, ties together the sweet and the sour of kombucha and makes it a more balanced. And then you've also got a, a flavor range. So after second, is that a secondary fermentation? We only do primary fermentation, which is aerobic, open top, temperature controlled. Right. And then from there we deliver to cold storage tanks. They would be secondary fermentation, but we freeze it, not freeze it, but keep it below 41 degrees. So it's not going to continue. So, so that ends fermentation process right. at temperature. So then. And that point, we batch into different tanks and deliver it to kegs and bottles. With different flavors. Yes. Yeah. Um, so over here. So once this is done, all of our kombucha has the same base, tea, blend, and then we'll deliver it to different tanks and batch flavor accordingly. Mm. So okay. every week we're not making all the flavors, but this week you can see we made four flavors. And what what are the, you said you got the oak tannin, but what are the flavor uh, ingredients? So it, this is, is herbs. it's fruit and herb extract. Extracts, okay. So it, instead of adding um, juice with sugar, um, this way we're not, we're just adding the essence of the, of that fruit or herb and... So like the apple or the raspberry. Yeah, right? and not adding actual sugar, which will promote further fermentation yeah. and would change the specs of this. Yeah. And so you keep the, obviously, you're keeping it below 0.5 alcohol like the government Yeah, regulation. typically in this process for us, um, it's around 0.2 to 0.3% yeah. alcohol, which is probably standard with orange juice and apple juice and everything. Yeah. Um, but it has to stay refrigerated. It won't build alcohol. Right. It's got to be in the cold chain. Most of it's consumed, um, during the fermentation process. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got kegs then. You've got these unikegs as well as bottled. Yeah. We'll do uh, old school soda, corny, homebrew corny kegs for local, um, accounts that we deliver to. And then we'll get them back. We'll clean them. Yeah. The unikegs are, um, are recyclable so then we can ship them to other cities we consider them cross-regional kegs yeah and how broad i mean i lived just 25 miles away in vallejo i know the safeway carries it there i've been up to the gold country i see it in grass valley how broad a distribution we have solid retail distribution throughout northern california that um handles safeways and whole foods in this region we it's a really difficult nut to break um into retail in other regions. Yeah. Um, we've been doing really well in this region in Safeway and Whole Foods. Yeah. So we would hope that we could leverage that into another region. Um, in terms of keg distribution, uh, I mean, we might be the most uh, broadly um, distributed kegs nationally for kombucha. So we we um, a lot of it goes to corporate offices, sports teams, yeah, Division One university football programs, yeah, um, 
it, we recently got um, uh, approved for Major League Baseball. Wow. After uh, a little hiatus for a couple of years, we had to um, get through a NSF GMP, um, Good Manufacturing Practices for Sports Certification. Okay. So now Marin Kombucha is the only kombucha that is certified for sport and compliant with all international regulations around anti-doping wow. and controlled substances. Sure. So that's helped us um, kind of work th- with uh, NBA uh, and NFL um, locker rooms. And you've been making this, selling it, you know, on a small scale beginning 2015, I guess, right? The this, we launched. started this in 2015. Yeah. yeah. And what have you seen? I mean, I'm always curious to see that, you know, I live in Vallejo, which, as you know, is kind of a, an old shipbuilding town. It's not, it doesn't have many uh, hipsters or so. Any, in, in a, they tend to congregate in San Francisco or Oakland or whatever. But the Safeway there has always got marine kombucha, and I can tell it's being refreshed constantly. It's selling out. What are you seeing about the? I'm curious to know about the the consumers, the market <clears throat> that you've seen over you know the past decade. How's it? How's it changed? I don't know if over the last like six or seven years it's really expanded. Most people have either tried kombucha and not liked it, or never tried it at all. Right. And uh, you know, even if we're doing a demo at Whole Foods, I mean, there's a kombucha cooler. It says kombucha, yeah, um, but that people still have no idea what it is. So we're trying to either well, we're never going to win over a, somebody who is been like adamantly enjoying kombucha commercially available um it tends to be um more tart and mm-hmm. more of a quote acquired taste these are the things associated with like the kombucha industry as a whole mm-hmm. so um so a lot of it is us trying to think outside the box and trying to get our product into places where kombucha wouldn't be so we're not kind of fighting against the 10% of people that really like kombucha, okay. but rather the 90% of people that have just never enjoyed it because they didn't think they would or they didn't. So like the sports? Uh, sports teams are a great example of it. Mm-hmm. Um, corporate offices. I mean, we just feel like if um, Steph Curry really enjoys our product, then most everybody would. And if it's helping fuel you know, a team to win a Super Bowl, then it certainly can help fuel anybody at whatever setting they're at, whether it's in an office or mm. for our brewery. I mean, it's like a perpetual motion machine for us. Like, we're making it, we're sending it, but we're drinking it. And it's, Yeah. Do, do, do you have, like, what they call influencers in those key markets? Like, I know on Instagram you sometimes see, you know, major people no, with 10 million followers. It would be really nice if that ever happened. We, but you're not paying for, you're not going out and no, trying to recruit we, them. we haven't done any real marketing. This, it's all really just word of mouth. We've well, never you had must, I mean, you have got a, must have a sales approach to get to major league baseball. Like yeah, that. our sales approach is just to find the right contact and reach out to them and hope that they can make a really good decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's and, great. And that's, from the beginning, it was a like guerrilla marketing was fill a bottle of each and just, you know, free fill restaurants mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and markets. And yeah. Well, I'm really impressed that you've got so much <clears throat> being sold on tap because obviously it's totally more environmental. You're not, you know, filling the world with glass bottles that aren't easy to recycle. It's way easier to pack. And, it, and you've probably, I mean, the, the end products, you've got a higher margin because whoever sells it, they're just filling up like they do beer or whatever. Are yeah. you finding, uh, like, 
restaurants and, and even bars are open to carrying it now more than they were? I don't think more than they were. It's still the same kind of thing. But when when somebody that works at that bar wants to put it on tap, it always proves itself to be a very good um, productive tap in that yeah. establishment. So, yeah. I, I mean, my first attempt was at um, a bar in Fairfax called the Gestalt House. And mm-hmm. it's... Um, but my my understanding is that there's a lot of people, particularly here, and I think everywhere, that will go to a bar or restaurant during lunch and not want to drink a beer. Right. And uh, and and so it makes sense to put this on tap. And the, I mean, we're fighting against people that are like, no, taps are for alcohol. And it's like, well, taps are just to make money. Yeah. And taps are to keep people happy. And if you put this on, it, it will be in your like, you know, top three. Taps. That's oh. what you find. That's yeah, right. if you have eight taps and they're all beer, and you put a kombucha on there, it's going to be in the top three. And so, like, that's what the point. So, if it means take Blue Moon off tap, take mm-hmm. Blue Moon off tap because you're going to have a more productive keg. And so, from the beginning, it was just like, I'm going to give you a keg. If it doesn't sell well, take it back. You get rid of it. And if you lose money over the weekend having put it on, I'll pay the difference. And, you know, that's the approach. And, and it won't. It's not going to. So. That's, I mean, that's so refreshing to hear because <clears throat> I know that I've heard from other vendors, kombucha vendors who say, oh, it's so, it's like pushing, you know, a rope uphill to try and get a commercial liquor establishment, a bar to carry kombucha. It's all a rope uphill, but, but I mean. But, I mean, you know, there's a huge now growing percentage of like millennials and Gen Z and whatever who don't drink alcohol. And if the bar is going to just sell them a dollar fifty soda water, there's yeah. not as much profit as selling them a five or six dollar kombucha draft, whatever they want to charge for it. Uh, another thing about Marin Kombucha is that I believe that every meal has a place, has the right kombucha to pair with oh, it. Yeah. Com- every kombucha has the right meal to pair with it. And same with alcohol. Um, the melon rose tastes really nice with rum. Mm. Uh, the pinot sage really nice with different like um, different red wine. So it's spritzer, like a mixer, like a, a wine spritzer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, or a mocktail, as they call it, some of them. Well, a mocktail would be you, no, that's nice with juice, but um, it, as it a can, base for a cocktail. Yeah, I think it's a great. Um, ingredient and, and also pairing like people you know the old style would be white wine with fish and red wine with beef or whatever yeah. there's different flavors you've got probably go better with you know a salad or a pasta or you know you've got different ways that people can enjoy yeah so cut pair with a particular recipe or menu so one restaurant will do really well with original oak and then you'll give them pinot sage after a while and they're just like no that's the worst thing i've ever tasted in other places we'll like never go off pinot sage and it's just what fits that me- re- restaurant, that menu? Yeah, that you whole mentioned bar. my two favorite flavors of yours is original oak and pinot sage, and I always go between those two when I'm in the store if I see them and buy it. Uh, that's great. What? What? Um, I mean, here we are in Nova- in the edge of Nevada on a commercial uh, kind of building. I mean. What size were you when you started? You were in your kitchen, I guess. When you launched in 2015, was it in this building or did no, you relocate? No, it was a, a shared kitchen in yeah. San Rafael. Uh-huh. It was called the Renaissance Center. It was wonderful. It was an uh-huh. uh, incubation space for startup businesses, and they had a shared kitchen to use. Yeah. So I just moved here, and they really helped over the first like couple months. 
how many how many i mean what square footage the kitchen was being used in every which way by no all. here what is, what is your here it's about ten thousand square feet wow. we started taking over we started multiple units after the shared kitchen we went and we were in a warehouse in san rafael that was the equivalent of one of these bays about 1500 square feet mm-hmm. and we were there for two years and then we moved here i think 2017 hmm. and we had three of these bays so it was about um, forty-five thousand square feet. Now you're doubled, doubled, and 10. now we've about doubled that. So and is this? You think you've got space now to? I mean, who knows what the future is? But if you, yeah, I think um, uh, you for, could get more fermentation vessels in. No, I think our idea is to maximize what we've got. And um, I, my belief around kombucha is if you're going to keep it pure to the recipe and actually ferment, that you need to square foot um let me think about it ten ten thousand square feet we could generate five thousand gallons oh, per week okay two i get i get two to one yeah so for each two square feet you can produce a gallon okay okay um that's and that's in terms of cold storage space like refrigeration yeah, yeah. that takes up you know two thousand square feet just to be able to harbor that you need warehouse space to keep raw ingredients and packaging material yeah. And you need space to operate. You need some area to keep all the equipment that's not working that you need to fix every week that breaks. And yeah. Uh, yeah. so that's and my, my belief. So when we were in that place of 1,500 square feet, we could produce 750 gallons, essentially. Okay. okay. The final thing I want to ask you about is you very clearly, I noticed it about a month ago in the store, you've rebranded. So the, the original label, which almost to me looked like a kind of a wine bottle label with nice curly thing, very mellow now you've got very primary modern looking uh you know font and uh basic colors what 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 was the story behind the the move i understand you did this in-house you didn't really use an agency or we did get some support along the way from some mark from um a collective uh that violet collective that helped us kind of focus on what we are um mm-hmm. that logo and label the original one um is that meant to represent mount tam the sort of little in that circle of the original label was mount tam this has a kind of a little mountain look to it. yeah this a similar vibe it reminds me more of a mountain when i'm driving from san rafael to nevada oh okay yeah, um, yeah. where that was mount tam the other thing around that is uh, the main vibe around that original label was traditional yeah, yeah. And uh, people associate traditional kombucha not with what we're making, which in my mind is traditional kombucha, but this differentiation. a more soda-y tart. Yeah. And so we're not really a traditional kombucha. We're more yeah. – uh, what, uh, what I think the best part about the whole thing is that what we um, – to try to define what we are, we're an active culture probiotic tea. So we're probiotic tea yeah. for an active culture, for an active yeah. lifestyle. Not, pers- not pasteurized, not, you know – living it's an active culture and and craft brood and our focus has always been gut nutrition and sports health and tactical performance yeah so that's and the fact you know i think most people in the bay area and maybe even nationally associate they know marine county it's apparently the one that you know it's kind of the used to be hot tubs and peacock feathers and it's got great you know vibe with the grateful dead and fairfax but it's marine is you you Brew it in Marin, that's what the company's called. Yeah. It's pretty clear, you know, where your roots are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thanks so much for spending time talking to us. Yeah, thanks for visiting. Thanks for listening to Booch News. 
For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.